Yet of Hamlet, our dear brother's death, the memory be green, and that it us befitted to bear our hearts in grief and our whole kingdom to be contracted in one brow of woe. Yet so far hath discretion fought with nature that we with wisest sorrow think on him together with remembrance of ourselves. Therefore our sometimes sister, now our queen, the imperial jointress to this warlike state, have we, as it were, with a defeated joy, with an auspicious and a dropping eye, with mirth in funeral, and with dirge in marriage, in equal scale weighing delight and dole, taken to wife. Nor have we herein barred your better wisdoms which have freely gone with this affair along, for all. Our thanks. Now, follows that you know. Young Fortinbras, holding a weak supposal of our worth, or thinking by our late dear brother's death, our state to be disjoint and out of frame, colleaguid with this dream of his advantage, he hath not failed to pester us with message importing the surrender of those lands lost by his father, with all bonds of law to our most valiant brother. So much for him. Now for ourself and for this time of meeting, thus much the business is. We have here writ to Norway, uncle of young Fortinbras, who impotent and bedrid scarcely hears of this his nephew's purpose to suppress his further gate herein, in that the levies, the lists and full proportions are all made out of his subject. And we here dispatch you, good Cornelius, and you, Voltaman, for bearers of this greeting to old Norway. Farewell, and let your haste commend your duty. <laughs> in that and that all, in things, all things we will show we our duty. We doubt it nothing, heartily. Farewell. And now, Laertes, what's the news with you? Hmm? You told us of some suit. What is it, Laertes? The head is not more native to the heart, the hand more instrumental to the mouth, and is the throne of Denmark to thy father. What wouldst thou have? Laertes. My gracious lord, your leave and favor to return to France. From whence, though, willingly I came to Denmark to show my duty in your coronation, yet now I must confess that duty done, my thoughts and wishes bend again toward France and bow them to your gracious leave and pardon. Have you your father's leave? What says Polonius? Ah, he hath, my lord, wrung from me my slow leave by laborsome petition. And at last, upon his will, I sealed my hard consent. I, I do beseech you, give him leave to go. Take thy fair hour, Laertes, time be thine, and thy best graces spend it at thy will. But now, my cousin Hamlet, and my son. A little more than kin and less than kind. How is it that the clouds still hang on you? Not so, my lord, I am too much in the sun. Good Hamlet, cast thy knighted color off and let thine eye look like a friend on Denmark. Do not forever with thy veiled lids seek for thy noble father in the dust. Thou knowst his common. All that lives must die passing through nature to eternity. Aye, madam, 
It is common. If it be, why seems it so particular with thee? Seems, madam? Nay, it is. I know not seems. Tis not alone my inky cloak, good mother, nor customary suits of solemn black, nor windy suspiration of forced breath, no, nor the fruitful river in the eye, nor the dejected behavior of the visage, together with all forms, moods, shapes of grief that can denote me truly. These indeed seem, for they are actions that a man might play. But I have that within which passes show these but the trappings and the suits of woe. Tis sweet and commendable in your nature, Hamlet, to give these mourning duties to your father, but you must know your father lost a father, that father lost, lost his, and the survivor bound, in filial obligation for some term to do obsequious sorrow, but to persevere in obstinate condolement is a course of impious stubbornness. It's unmanly grief. It shows a will most incorrect to heaven. A heart unfortified, a mind impatient, an understanding simple and unschooled. For what we know must be and is as common as any the most vulgar thing to sense. Why should we in our peevish opposition take it to heart? Fight, it's a fault to heaven. Fault against the dead, a fault to nature, to reason most absurd whose common theme is death of fathers, and who still hath cried from the first corpse till he that died today. This must be so. We pray you, throw to heaven this unprevailing woe, and think of us as of a father. For let the world take note, you are the most immediate to our throne, and with no less nobility of love than that which dearest father bears his son do I impart toward you for your intent in going back to school in Wittenberg. It is most retrograde to our desire. And we beseech you, bend you, to remain here in the cheer and comfort of our eye. Our chiefest courtier, cousin, and our son. Let not thy mother lose her prayers, Hamlet. I pray thee, stay with us, go not to Wittenberg. I shall in all my best obey you, madam. Why, tis a loving and a fair reply, be as ourself in Denmark. Madam, come. This gentle and unforced accord of Hamlet sits smiling to my heart. In grace, whereof, no jocund health that Denmark drinks today, but the great cannon to the clouds shall tell, and the kings rouse, the heaven shall brew it again, respeaking earthly thunder. <laughs> come away! Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt, thaw, and resolve itself into a dew, or that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. Oh, God, God, how... Weary, stale, flat, and unprofitable seem to me all the uses of this world. Fie on it. Ah, fie, tis an unweeded garden that grows to seed. Things rank and gross in nature possess it merely. That it should come to this, but to 
two months dead. Nay, not so much, not two. So excellent a king that was to this Hyperion to a satyr, so loving to my mother that he might not beteem the winds of heaven visit her face too roughly. Heaven and earth must I remember why she would hang on him as if increase of appetite had grown by what it fed on. And yet within a month, let me not think on frailty thy name is woman, a little month or ere these shoes were old with which she followed my poor father's body like Niobe all tears. Why she, even she, oh God, a beast that once discourse of reason would have mourned longer, married with my uncle, my father's brother, but no more like my father than I to Hercules. Within a month, ere yet the salt of most unrighteous tears hath left the flushing in her galled eyes, she married, oh, most wicked speed, to post with such dexterity to incestuous sheets. It is not, nor it cannot come to good, but break my heart, for I must hold my tongue. Hail to your lordship. I am glad to see you well, Horatio. Oh, I do forget myself. The same, my lord, and your poor servant ever. Sir, my good friend, I'll change that name with you. And what make you from Wittenberg, Horatio, Marcellus? My good lord. I'm very glad to see you. Good evening, sir. But what in faith make you from Wittenberg? A uh, truant disposition, good my lord. I would not hear your enemies say so. I know you are no truant. But what is your affair in Elsinore? We'll teach you to drink deep ere you depart. My lord, I came to see your father's funeral. I prithee do not mock me, fellow student. I think it was to see my mother's wedding. Indeed, my lord, it followed hard upon. Thrift, thrift, Horatio. The funeral baked meats did coldly furnish forth the marriage tables. Would I had met my dearest foe in heaven, or ever I had seen that day, Horatio. My father. I think I see my father. Where, my lord? In my mind's eye, Horatio. I saw him once. It was a goodly king. He was a man. Take him for all in all. I shall not look upon his like again. My lord, I think I saw him yesternight. Saw who? My lord, the king, your father. The king, my father? Season your admiration for a while with an attent ear till I may deliver upon the witness of these gentlemen this marvel to you. For God's love, let me hear. Two nights together at these gentlemen, Marcellus and Bernardo, on their watch in the dead waste and middle of the night, been thus encountered a figure like your father, appears before them and with a solemn march goes slow and stately by them. This to me in dreadful secrecy in part they did and I with them the third night kept the watch. Whereas they had delivered. The apparition comes. I knew your father. These hands are not more like. But where was this? My lord, upon the platform where we watch. Did you not speak to it? My lord, I did, but answer made it none. Tis very strange. As I do live, my honoured lord, tis true. And we did think it writ down in our duty to let you know of it. Indeed, sirs, but this troubles me. Uh, hold you the watch tonight. We do, we my, do lord. my lord. Armed, you say? Armed, Armed, my lord. My lord. From top to toe? My lord. My lord. From head, from head to, foot. to foot. What looked he frowningly? A countenance more in sorrow than in anger. Pale or red? Nay, very pale. 
and fixed his eyes upon you. Most constantly. I would that I had been there. It would have much amazed you. Very like. I will watch tonight. Perchance twill walk again. I warrant it will. If it assume my noble father's person, I'll speak to it, though hell itself should gape and bid me hold my peace. I pray you all, if you have hitherto concealed this sight, let it be tenable in your silence still, and whatsoever else shall happen tonight, give it an understanding, but no tongue. I will requite your loves, so fare you well. Upon the platform, twixt eleven and twelve, I'll visit you. Our duty to your honor. Your loves as mine to you, farewell. My father's spirit in arms. All is not well. I doubt some foul play. Would the night were come, till then sit still my soul. Foul deeds will rise, though all the earth o'erwhelm them to men's eyes.